Can you believe it's a year since the election of Pope Francis? Doesn't it seem like he's been Pope forever? I was trying to figure out what I could say that hasn't been said already, and I couldn't come up with anything. We like Francis. He's reminded us of what it means to be Catholic, of what's at the core. For me, he's reminded me of the diaconal imprint of the church. I think Pope Francis is a deacon pope. He reminds us of our baptismal call to service and charity, and that's what all deacons do. Some are saying that Francis is revolutionizing the church. I don't think so. He's not doing anything new. I guess it depends on what you mean by revolution. If anything, he's once again opened the window to let in fresh air. But remember, he's not the first pope to do that. That's what John the 23rd did. What's different is that we now have Facebook and Twitter and 24-hour news, and if anything, that's what Francis has done. He's helped change the conversation. The secular media are now looking to the church, but not to talk about sex abuse and money scandals. Those are still issues, but not the main issues. The secular media are following the Pope, and that is certainly letting in fresh air. So let me ask you, how has Francis's papacy changed your faith? How has it helped you in your faith journey? How has it helped you reconnect with your faith? Write to me and let me know. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour heard across North America on the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129, and in Nebraska and parts of Iowa and South Dakota on the Spirit Catholic Radio Network on 88.9 Holy Family Radio in Northeastern Ohio and around the world at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. I'm Deacon Pedro. We begin, as always, by giving away some prizes. And we have two winners, Sarah Fleischman of New Kensington, Pennsylvania, and Patricia Hanlon of Kelowna, B.C. Sarah Fleischman, you've won a copy of Alyssa Bormis' The Catechism of Hockey. And Patricia Hanlon, you've won a copy of The Benedictines of Mary, Queen of Apostles, Lent at Ephesus. Both of these we featured two weeks ago. Thanks for playing. And if you'd like to be entered into our weekly draw, just go to our website, saltandlighttv.org radio. Look where it says Stay Connected and enter your name and email address. But as an added bonus, anyone who sends us an email or comments on our Facebook page will automatically be entered into our draw. In fact, that's how Sarah Fleischman became our winner this week. Sarah sent us a lovely email telling us that she listened to the show and loves the idea that we're hoping to feature more blogs. Sarah suggests that we check out um, Carrots for Michaelmas a blog that has a lot of awesome ideas for celebrating the liturgical year with your family. And she also suggested Messy Wife, Blessed Life, which is uh, a blog by a young Catholic mother who writes about marrying young, raising Catholic children, and living after multiple miscarriages. So we're going to be looking into featuring these and other blogs in the coming weeks. But Sarah also wrote with a suggestion. She writes... There is a community of more than 500 young Catholic bloggers on Tumblr.com. It's not just a bunch of people doing their own thing, but we communicate through Facebook, wrestle with theological questions together, and pray for one another. We are from all over the globe, including Canada, and hope that our efforts on this microblogging site are contributing to the new evangelization. 
So thank you, Sarah, for your message, and we will look into this as well. And for the rest of you, if you have something to tell us, it's easy. Just email us, radio at saltandlighttv.org, and we promise that we'll read everything you send, and some of it we'll even read on the radio. And of course, it's really easy to send messages or comment on our Facebook page. Today, our public relations guru, Danny Torquia, comes back to give advice to all church communicators. Recently, we spoke about press releases and the importance of using images and photography. Today, Danny is going to be speaking about online newsrooms. So that's going to be in about 20 minutes. Today, also, Father Rosica gives us a beautiful reflection for the third week of Lent, encouraging us to reflect on the water that Jesus offers us. We hope to bring these to you as much as possible during the season of Lent. That's in about 25 minutes. In our second half hour, we'll be speaking with evangelizer Chris Stefanik about the new confirmation prep program, Chosen. This is a great program, and you won't want to miss this interview. That's in about half an hour. And after that, we'll be speaking with Chris Bray, who returns to the program. He's just come back from the Dominican Republic and has some new music since we last spoke with him. Let's start with a song. Here's Beloved Child of God from Chris Bray's album of the same name. You have been running till now. Will you surrender? I'm calling you by my love. Will you answer? There's nothing that you can do that severs my love from you. So won't you come near to me? Just when you have given in, overtaken by a sin, you just need to know you are the love child of God. Overwhelmed and overcome, it's not too late, sin has not won. You just need to know you are the love child. Receive forgiveness I paid the price by my life Just believe it No matter what you have done And my strength you can't overcome So won't you confide in me Just when you have given in Overtaken by a sin You just need to know you are the Chris Bray with the title track of his last album, Beloved Child of God. And we're going to be speaking with Chris in our second half hour. But now, here's Alicia with our news. Yes, Pedro. Now, this week we go from one crisis to another. Mm. We've been hearing about the Ukraine. Yes. Or I should say Ukraine, not the Ukraine. Yes. 
And we, you and I, have been actively following <laughs> what's been going on in Venezuela. Venezuela we seem I to know. be about the only people in the country following yeah, that. Nobody else is. This week, Cardinal Jose Rosa Savino of Caracas called for prayers during Lent to end the situation. Now, it's important to point out, though, that this was not a public statement. This was a pastoral letter. Uh-huh. What we know is that the bishops, the priests, the clergy in the country have been told not to speak to the media. Mm-hmm. So they're not making public statements. They're not issuing public declarations. Even their Twitter feed is quotes from Pope Francis. Mm-hmm. But they are giving pastoral letters, making pastoral statements, and it all refers to the need for dialogue, the need for peace, the need for prayer to bring that peace around. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have learned, we can, we can tell our, our listeners, Pedro, that, um, of course, yes, priests are being advised not to speak to the media, but we also learned that in some cases, international phone calls are not working. They're not leaving the country. So I've received um, reports from contacts who have said that their own relatives in Venezuela attempt to make phone calls to North America and nothing happens. They dial the phone num- number and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. So contact is tricky at best, mm-hmm. and it's happening through channels like Skype, WhatsApp. Internet, WhatsApp, um, Blackberry Messenger, BBM, yep. because those are channels that the government can't Cannot block control. easily. Yep. We do also know that the bishops met with the government last week, a couple weeks ago. weeks ago. We don't know what came out of those conversations, but what we do know is that after that meeting, contact with Venezuela, with the Venezuelan church officials that was it. cut off. That was it. So we hope that is because they're trying to preserve um, the spirit of dialogue, that mm-hmm. they're trying to kind of create a neutral environment mm-hmm. and, and foster that dialogue going on. And so we will join with Cardinal Urosa Savino and pray for peace in Venezuela and retweet absolutely everything, everything. we see that absolutely. has to do with Venezuela yeah. in hopes of you know, raising awareness. Yes, and as soon as we can, we're going to probably get a, an interview with the Cardinal. We're praying for we're it praying because, for that because he studied here in He studied in, here at St. Augustine Seminary in Toronto, yes. Yes. Took us a long time to find that one out. <laughs> <laughs> so from one tricky region of the world to another, China. Mm. The president of China's underground bishop bishops conference died this week. He was 96. Wow. And... His funeral. He was denied a funeral by authorities in China. Now, I got a couple of different reports about this. One report was that the bishop they had chosen to, you know, um, celebrate the official mass Mm -hmm. decided, no, I'm not going to do this. And you, the government, will have to deal with the wrath of the Catholics. Right, right. And so then the government took his body to a state building where funerals are held Mm -hmm. and allowed masses to be said there. And as soon as they did that, it was one mass after another being celebrated in this room by different priests. So that was, you know, that was, that was very powerful. And, um, we heard that it is quite likely that now the bishops of China who are in communion, who are recognized by Rome will be meeting to come up with a name of a successor, a name to suggest to Pope Francis. Okay. And finally, turning to the Pope. Yes. He's been busy this week. He started by, he started out the week having a two and a half hour lunch with Christina Kirshner, with yes. the president of Argentina. Who had a gimp leg. 
Yes, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> no comment on that. She gave him some very interesting gifts, including a painting of St. Rosa of Lima. Really? Rosa de Lima painted si. with Malbec wine. Oh, what a waste of wine. I know, I know. Now, he kind of didn't lose the opportunity either. He gave her a copy of his apostolic exhortation, oh, Evangelii Gaudium, and a bronze statue of San Martin. And this made me laugh because the Italian reports were saying San Martino, and the Argentinian reports were saying San Martin, and I thought, wait, which one? Wait, yeah. wait, one of them is not a saint. Yes. And indeed, it was a statue of Jose de San Martin, the liberator, the liberator of Argentina, yeah. in bronze. He gave this to, to Cristina. Interesting. So it's an interesting mix of gifts, and that, that two and a half hour lunch was completely alone. Maybe it was a re gift. He didn't <laughs> want the statue. <laughs> but that two and a half hour lunch was totally alone, no delegation. We don't no. know what they talked about. She Well, she spoke to her media entourage afterwards, but she wouldn't say what they spoke about. She said it was very general. He didn't Mm -hmm. speak about specifics about Mm -hmm. Argentina. Um, And and she said, you know, we touched on youth unemployment and the need for work and Mm -hmm. all of that. All right. And that's it. Good. Thank you very much, Alicia. You're welcome. Alicia Ambrosio, our Salt and Light News producer. You can watch Alicia on Vatican Connections every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Salt and Light TV and also on demand at saltandlighttv.org. You can also follow her on Twitter at Vatty Connections. Hi, this is Michael Paul from the Jacob and Matthew Band. You're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. Our website is saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And our Facebook page is facebook.com slash slradio1. And now, Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. Andrew, welcome back. Deacon Pedro, how are you? Good, thank you. Welcome back to the to the country, I should say, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, what a beautiful time away. So you were in Italy? Yeah, you, very you nice. Two weeks away in the Eternal City. Beautiful. Rome. I uh, got the chance to go up to Florence, Assisi. Assisi is a very special place. Uh-huh. Uh, Venice, Padua, Siena, Cortona. So uh, lots of... Very good places. Verona, Juliet's Balcony. Oh, really? Yeah, she's that's a great place. She's Juliet's not a, Balcony. It's just I was going to say... I was going to say you... like you, the whole world is... You know, transfigured by it. I was going to say you met a lot of saints, but Juliet is not a saint. <laughs> no, she's not. <laughs> Unless, no. uh, you know, someone prays to her and she intercedes <laughs> on their behalf. Yeah, I don't know. No, no, but we're no. not here talking about Juliet. No, who are we talking about? Last week we talked about St. Patrick. Today we're going to talk about St. Catherine of Siena. Okay. I spent quite a bit of time in Siena. It's actually one of my favorite Italian cities. Uh-huh. And uh, I thought, who better to look at than St. Catherine herself? Okay. So, um... St. Catherine in Italian is Caterina. Her uh-huh. last name was Ben in Casa. Mm-hmm. She was born in Siena on March the 25th in the year 1347. We know that she was the last of, get this, 25 children yeah. of uh, a wealthy wool dyer. Mm-hmm. So at the age of six, Catherine received her first vision. We know that she was a saint that received many visions throughout her life, and she received that vision near the church of San Domenico. So from this moment onwards, the child, Catherine in this mm-hmm. case, began to follow a path of devotion, uh, taking the oath of chastity only a year later. Mm. Can you imagine taking the oath of chastity at the age of seven? <laughs> I no. couldn't. <laughs> I, I probably didn't even know what chastity yeah, was exactly, at the age of seven. Exactly. After some uh, resistance from her family, Deacon Pedro, um, eventually her father gave in and left Catherine to follow her desires, her dreams. Mm-hmm. So in 1363, at the age of 15, 
Catherine donned the black cloak of the Dominican sisters. Mm-hmm. So in 1367, she began working to help the sick at the hospital of Santa Maria de la Scala. So as we look at her story, as we continue to look at her story, uh, her fame spread throughout uh, Christendom during a visit to the city of Pisa. Now, that's one city I didn't get the chance to see in Italy, but maybe next time. Mm. Um, so during a visit to the city of Pisa, Catherine received the stigmata from a wooden cross that was hanging in the church of Santa Cristina. Okay. So she was known to travel, her many travels abroad to act as uh, some sort of like mediator for the papacy included a trip to Avignon, mm-hmm. which is in France, the southern part of France, where she urged Pope Gregory to bring the papacy back to Rome from its exile in France. Right. Uh, if you, you know, delve into church history, you know that the papacy wasn't always in Rome. For mm-hmm. many years, it was actually in southern France. Mm-hmm. So on returning to Siena, Catherine founded the monastery of Santa Maria degli Angeli uh, in the castle of Belcaro. So Santa Maria degli Angeli, in English is St. Mary of the Angels. Mm. So with the, de- with the death of Pope Gregory in 1378, his successor, who um, became known as Urban VI, had to face strong opposition from a number of cardinals who had elected a second pope with the name of Clement. Yes. So thereby provoking what would later come known as the Great Schism. Mm-hmm. So Pope Urban VI called on Catherine to act as mediator with princes, politicians, and members of the Church with a view to kind of recognizing or legitimizing, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. his election. Yes. So in the year 1380, at the age of 33, um, interestingly enough, at 33, Catherine died and was buried in the Rome church of Santa Maria Sopra Minerva. Mm-hmm. In 1461, Pope Pius II proclaimed her saint, and in 1866, uh, about f- like literally 400 years later, uh, Pope Pius included her as one of the patron mm-hmm. saints of Rome. Mm-hmm. In 1939, along with St. Francis of Assisi, St. Catherine of Siena was proclaimed patron saint of Italy by Pope Pius VII. Mm. Uh, sorry, Pope Pius XII. Yeah. In 1970, uh, Paul VI conferred the title of Doctor right. of the Universal Church on Catherine, and in the year 1999, by Blessed Pope John Paul II, she was proclaimed co-patron saint of Europe. Really? Very good. Okay, St. Catherine of Siena, feast day, March... Her feast day is April the 29th, Pedro. A- April the 29th? Yeah. Okay, very good. So we've got another month, got another month until her, until her feast day. Okay, very good. St. Catherine of Siena, pray for us. Andrew Santos. Andrew Santos is our saint expert. Hi, I'm Susan Hukong-Taylor, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. You can find Salt and Light Radio on Facebook, facebook.com slash slradio1. Visit us and like our page. You can also visit us at saltandlighttv.org slash radio and stay connected for a chance to win prizes from our featured artists and authors. And now it's time for... Media Ministry Minutes with Danny Torquia. Danny, good to have you back. Delighted to be with you. So we're, we're working our way here with, with tools. We've talked about press releases. We've talked about photos. Yes. So that's part of like the, the, the press package that organizations need to think about. What else should an organization have on their website or, or as they're thinking about press packages? Yeah, well, uh, one of the key is, is what you mentioned is the online presence and uh, something that that has been around for several years and is getting more and more important is a is a online newsroom. Oh, okay, what is that? Because I, I thought that that was not used anymore. Yeah, well, we're, and we're not talking here 
about um, just latest news that is just uh, a little blurb or, or something um, like news for the donors or consumers or uh-huh. parishioners. We're not talking about that. We're talking about an online newsroom or press room. Uh-huh. Both terms are, are valid, where um, uh, members of the press would go, uh-huh. and it would be um, a 24-7, you know, all-day, all-night uh, resource for media. And the beautiful thing about that is that, of course, legitimate uh, credentialed media from dailies, weeklies, radio could go there. It's for them. But obviously, uh, there's citizen journalists, there's bloggers, there's experts or pundits, there's people everywhere writing a blog or this, uh, and even normal people who like visiting they can this go. newsroom. Okay, so it's not restricted. They don't have to register or anything to access this newsroom. Anybody that goes to the website can access the newsroom. That is the best thing. And there's yeah. a few organizations or sectors that insist on password-protected newsrooms for members of the press only. Yeah. And you have to, but no, we, that, the majority do not need that. This, we're not NASA here <laughs> or, or, or super. You know, it, it's okay. very, very good to share our information okay. with the world. Okay. And, and so, yeah, in an online newsroom, is going to be uh, visited by so many people, and it has to contain um, a little bit in third party, third per- sorry, third person, yeah. unbiased, non overly right. promotional materials, and people love that kind so of. So that sort of uh, writing style that we were talking about when writing the press release, third yes. person, unbiased. Now, what other? Because I I can envision newsrooms that I that I know from organizations, and all you get is a, like a boring list of press releases. Is that what you're talking about, or no. you, what else should be in a newsroom, or how should it be organized? Well, that's that's it. That's kind of like basic. That's one of the worst types of newsrooms, which where it's just a scrolling list of press releases. Yeah. Really, you, you, all of the resources that a journalist might want, and that includes pictures, that includes uh, biographies and profile of the people who are the, the major newsmakers in an organization. So mm-hmm. it could be a bishop if it's a big uh, diocese, or or an executive director of a foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also should include just topic backgrounders of what they do, because if an organization is a leader. In 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 uh, in life topics or in um, community service, social justice, then they mm-hmm. need to show that leadership. And some people call them backgrounders. Some people call them white papers. Some people mm-hmm. call them whatever a four one one overview facts. Yeah. These are very important things that provide journalists with data and info at a glance. Uh-huh. And you'd be surprised at how many stu- people like like that information because. Think of the student doing a paper on the on the charity or the or the group, and they'll naturally go to that. It'll be a very valuable tool. Mm-hmm. It's so in addition to images and basic information and press releases, you could also have, of course, contact us and the contact of the people to speak to. You can have um, just uh, trivia. Did you know? And right. that's to pique the interest of people. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and later, on, one of the good things is a topics index. As the organization gets gets bigger in their newsroom. They should say, okay, here are the top six topics. It could be a cloud uh, that sometimes uh-huh. we, we, we use. Um, and then maybe even feature stories, uh, which could be written by uh, volunteers, young people. Right. And if you notice, feature stories make, creates a good link with any blog site. Of course, of course. So they, there's cross-linkages here between the, the normal website and yeah. the news page. Okay, do you have any suggestions that people can check out to see what, what, what's a good example of, of a good newsroom? Yeah, my favorite, people are going are gonna to say this is uh, a, a kind of an uh, exaggerated example, but uh-huh. is the, to just to Google Tourism New Zealand oh, media right. site. Okay. Now, that, th- they're amazing because, sure, New Zealand has beautiful graphics and images of, of natural beauty, but they, are very, they have a very practical newsroom that has been consistent for the last 10 years. 
Okay, so if people want to see what you're talking about, they need to find the New Zealand Tourism or Tourism New Zealand news site. That's right. Okay, and and you can and, and so everything's organized there specifically for media. People need to think about what's the kind of information that that media want. That's in in bite-sized pieces pieces that they that the media will just grab and find easily. Pictures? Can you put pictures there as well? Videos, yeah, that I kind think of thing? the New Zealand tourism site for for media uh, offers everything, and what uh, you they could your listeners can pick and choose what they like to like and what they think they can manage on their own. Okay, newsroom. that's good. That's good because it's kind of show and tell. So you, we tell on the radio and we show online. They <laughs> can check it out. Okay, Danny, that's all the time we have. But this is good. I'm I'm really liking this little series that we're doing because happy to uh, hopefully be here and really help in any way. Yeah, it's really practical. So thank you very much. My pleasure, my pleasure. Danny Torquia is our public relations expert and the managing director of Torquia Communications. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Torquia. Hi, this is Josh Blakesley, and you are listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. Mount Gerizim towers over Jacob's Well, which is located in central Israel in the biblical town of Shechem now called Nablus. It is Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman that makes this well famous in Christian tradition. Several things are wrong with this whole scene at Jacob's well. First of all, the well is a public space common to both men and women, but they ought not be there at the same time. Why does this woman come to the well at high noon? likely because the women of her village shun her for her shameless behavior, five husbands now living with someone other than her husband. She speaks to a strange man in public. Even she admits this irregularity. She says, how is it that you, a Judean man, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For a man to speak to an unchaperoned woman in a public place is very suspicious. The disciples are utterly shocked once again at Jesus' behavior. The startled woman asked Jesus if he thought he was greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it with his sons and flocks. In the course of the dialogue with the Samaritan woman, Jesus reveals that he is indeed greater than the patriarch Jacob in that he, Jesus, inaugurates a new covenant, a new cult, and a new revelation. The Samaritan woman is invited by Jesus to see at a whole new level. There is water, and then there is living water, bread, and the food which is God's will, Jacob and Jesus, the promised Messiah and Jesus, notions about worship and genuine worship, and the list goes on and on and on. This Samaritan woman is the most carefully and intensely catechized person in John's Gospel. This woman, to whom Jesus revealed the truth in her life, left her water jugs behind and went into town to get the people to come and see Jesus. Come, look, here is a man who told me everything that I've done. Is he not maybe the Messiah? Wouldn't it also make sense for us who have experienced faith to drop now and then whatever we are doing in order to persuade others to come to him, the source? If you've ever experienced famine or drought, you know what a blessing water can be. Where for months or years it hasn't rained, the parched earth cracks and dust chokes all living creatures. When rain falls on this gray-brown desolation, it's a gift from God, it refreshes the ground. A refreshing smell rises up out of the earth, and in a few days, 
the barren desert is transformed into a blossoming paradise. We are often like land without water. God is holding ready for us wonderful, refreshing water. Lord, give me this water so that I will no longer thirst. To repent is to acknowledge our own need of life in the midst of our desert, our need of breaking down barriers that exist among us, our need of finding the living water that will truly quench our thirst. Lent invites us to join the woman of Samaria and all of those so desperately in need of life to wait for God who comes to fill our emptiness each day, an emptiness which Jean Vanier has described with these powerful words. He wrote, Our brokenness is the wound through which the full power of God can penetrate our being and transfigure us in God. Loneliness is not something from which we must flee, but the place from where we can cry out to God, where God will find us and we can find God. Yes, through our wounds, the power of God can penetrate us and become like rivers of living water to irrigate the arid earth within us. Thus, we may irrigate the arid earth of others so that hope and love are reborn. Association with Jesus brings us to face the truth of ourselves. This gospel story of the woman of Samaria, read on the third Sunday of Lent, becomes a metaphor for our own lives, often lived in deserts of alienation, sinfulness, despair. Do we long for the refreshing waters of repentance, forgiveness, and wholeness? Lord, you alone can give me this water so that I will no longer thirst. Father Thomas Rosica is a Brazilian priest. He's the CEO of Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation and the executive producer of this program. And now don't go anywhere because coming up in our second half hour, Chosen, a journey towards confirmation and a featured chat with Chris Bray. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour, Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Now, I think that many of us who've been involved in parish confirmation prep can express some level of frustration. Most parishes are just not equipped to offer a full confirmation program. In some cases, even Catholic schools can't manage to offer this. And parishes that rely on volunteers don't have the manpower or the time and resources to make sure that these volunteers are properly trained and formed. It's a frustrating challenge that many parishes face. Wouldn't it be great if a program existed that had an easy-to-follow guide for leaders, engaging videos with great speakers who speak to the young people in a language that they can understand, with new and fresh ways to present the faith? Wait! This actually exists! And now to tell us all about it, we're now joined by co-author of the Chosen Confirmation Resource, Chris Stefanik. Chris, welcome to the program. Hey, it's an honor to be on, Deacon Pedro. So, okay, why? I expressed some frustration just now, but is that why we've, you've come up with this uh, confirmation? That's why. This is a, yeah, this is something that was burning on my heart since I got into parish youth ministry 15 years ago in the yeah. East LA area. 
and I was looking for resources that were comprehensive and really taught the faith, that were uh, highly engaging, and almost more importantly, easy to use. So I could put it in the hands of the average parish volunteer yeah. who hasn't been to school for theology, who's not a trained youth minister, and yes. say, here, here's the resource, go change kids' lives. Absolutely, um, yeah. And for years I've been looking for it, and uh, it was probably six, seven years ago I, I pitched the idea to Ascension Press. We started working on it five years ago. I'm thrilled by what's come out. It is. It's it's excellent. And and you know what? I'm going to keep talking about this. I've already given it to my youth minister in my parish. It's like, you guys have to do this. Because, awesome. like I said, it's so it, it's so easy to use. Um, so yeah. how did you... I mean, you have a lot of experience in youth ministry and, 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 and just speaking to young people in general. So, But how did you come up with the idea? How did you partner up uh, with, I guess, all the players? And, and how did it all evolve? We just really looked for some of the most gifted youth ministry presenters uh, in the country. Yeah. Um, and, and made sure that they were were on camera filming. Uh, but honestly, before we even approached them, gathered people together for over a year to come up with the curriculum to make sure we were hitting uh, hitting every essential for the faith. Okay, so wait. So the hold, kids who went through this really know the faith. Okay, so hold on a second there. So, so you had to put the curriculum together. So talk to us about that. So how did you figure out, like, who are the people who helped you come up with these 24, 24 sessions, and what are sort of the, yeah. the things that get hit? Well, we had a handful of youth ministers, uh, the, the head of catechetics at, at, uh, at Stephenville, who's a professor, okay. yep. uh, priest, just to make sure we have a lot of brains working on this together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we structured the learning experience so that it's, it's teaching them the faith in a comprehensive way, but more than that, uh, so that it's changing their hearts which is really the goal of catechesis. It's not just to teach them facts, right. but to bring them to an encounter with Jesus that, that changes their lives and keeps them Catholic forever. Uh-huh. Uh, so we start off the program presuming nothing. You know, We're not just going to launch into uh, the sacramental life of the Church. We launch into, initially, questions like, why, what am I looking for in life? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, you're looking for happiness in life. Okay, yeah. you know, your faith has everything to do with uh, achieving the kind of happiness you were made for, mm-hmm. you know, so, so it, it leads them through that 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 phase, so that they're actually interested in learning the rest. Right. So, so uh, you start. Sorry. So you start with assuming nothing that these kids are not catechized, they're not evangelized. Why am I here? What makes me happy? That's something that everybody has in common. They don't have to be catechized. And then from there on, you 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 continue with, you know, who is God? Is God real? Who is Jesus? Why be Catholic? Et cetera, et cetera, until you get to, hopefully you get to the sacraments at some point and what confirmation is. Yep. Right? That's right. And then and then teach them how to live out the faith in a deep way, you know, yeah. uh, through through the, you know, living a good moral life, but more importantly, being a kingdom builder and yeah. living a life of prayer and serving other people. And so it brings us through that whole journey of faith. Um my, yeah. And my main motive, honestly, in, in, uh, in co-authoring this thing was my own kids. I got a, I got uh, two of my kids are now teenagers, and they're going through the program, and I couldn't be happier with how them and their friends are responding. Right. <laughs> no, actually, that's good because you have probably had your kids giving you feedback as you were putting this together, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it it's hitting the mark. Yeah, absolutely. Now, okay, so once you figure out the curriculum and then you approach, tell us about who these, these speakers are. How did you, dis- you decide kind of the content for the videos and how the whole program works? Yeah, so we, I, I, uh, these are people I've, I've long admired who I've just seen are so gifted with kids. Mm-hmm. People like Chris Padgett, Jason Everett, Father Mike Schmidt, 
yeah. uh, Leah Darrow. Um, so, so we put them in front of the cameras. We filmed in over 40 locations. And I know you've seen the videos, and there's uh, some yeah. clips of it available online that show that the quality that, that, that Ascension Press hit here it really does compete with what kids are used to watching in secular media. Absolutely. You know, it's it's going to keep their attention. Absolutely. Um, and we bounce the learning experience back and forth between the DVDs and a really quality workbook. So they're not, even though the DVDs are engaging, they're not watching the lesson for 20 minutes. They're mm-hmm. watching for five or six minutes, yeah. going to their small groups of workbook, going back to the DVDs. So it, it, it appeals to the very short attention span of most teens and, frankly, most adults. Yeah, no, and I think that it's good not just because the attention span, because the focus is not the videos. The videos are there as a, as a supplement, and, and I guess it's the yep. core teaching, but then it's all about what's happening in the class and how, you know, the small discussion groups, you watch a video, discussion group, I guess, what, there's three videos per, les- per lesson. Um, yep. um, so three clips. Three clips. Sorry, yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's not just the lesson because there's other things that are part of the lesson. That's right. That's um, right. And and uh, and they're uh, so in addition to the small group small group questions that help them digest what they're learning. Uh, they they look at a saint of the week to to yeah. learn how this is lived out in someone's life in a heroic way. They're sent off with a challenge of the week. Yes. That they discuss the next week they come back. So it, it's all uh, learning again with. With the with the aim of transformation and with bringing them to a, a deep Christian life. That's true. I, I I love how you keep coming back to that, and and that I think if anything is 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 a huge point that I want people, our listeners, to to, to understand that this it's so true. We're not just giving them knowledge. This is about c- catching their you know the, the hearts burning. <laughs> We're not our hearts burning, you know. And I love how the caution flammable or flammable, I guess you'd say in the states, <laughs> yes. right? It's like it's like let's g- give them the knowledge, but also try to capture their hearts um, and let the Holy right. Spirit do what the Holy Spirit is doing. So every package comes with the the DVD set. So those are the the eight DVDs. Um, there's a yep. student workbook. There's a leader's guide. There's also a sponsor's guide and a parent's guide. Talk to talk to us about those two uh, uh, pieces. Yeah. Very often a kid is not going to grow in faith beyond what they're seeing their, their parents do. You know, so we're, we're trying to hit the whole family with this uh-huh. uh, to, to make it easy for parents to engage their kids in a meaningful way in what's going on. So, so the parent guide, the sponsor guide... It, it helps them, gives them practical tools for walking through this process of, of learning and conversion uh, with their their child, which I think is going to touch a lot of parents' hearts along the way. Right. Because our, our faith is as beautiful and compelling as it was 2,000 years ago, when, when people hear it in a conv- convincing and compelling way, which I think this is doing. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. Um, so it, it, it's really easy to get. I'm going to give leave people with the website a little later. Um but so, uh, y- I guess people would have to purchase, or parishes, or whoever the group would have to purchase the whole package, and make sure that at least each confirmation child has um, the student guide and the parent guide, and the I guess those come together. That's it. Yep. That's it. Now, and what sort of price range are we looking at? Am I we're going to freak people out, or? No, I. You know what? I'm not even positive about that. I. I. I just. I just. Uh, Try to say inspiring things and <laughs> and write stuff. I, I think they're pricing it at like forty bucks or something for each student. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. then then you have the DVD series, uh, uh, you know, above that, which is a one-time purchase for a pair. Absolutely. But we yeah. tried to make the pricing something that wouldn't uh, scare people away. Yes. That was kind of what people are used to paying. And plus, I mean, it, there's also a certain 
thing about the price point that that shows people, you know, I'm going to invest a little bit in my kid's faith, and I, I think that's part of the learning experience, to be honest with you. No, I just, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. And just to, I mean, I, again, I don't want to turn people away, but whatever. I mean, I mentioned it to my pastor, and it's like, yeah, I mean, if you tell the parents that they have to pay 40 bucks so that the kids get confirmed uh, for most families that's not an issue and I'm sure if it's an issue for some families the parishes can figure out a way to help them out um, yeah absolutely because it's it's a great great resource I'm I'm really pumped I'm just I'm just upset that you didn't ask me to do one of the videos but that's okay okay next, next time, time we're getting you when you throw <laughs> in you know the Canadian content in there so that it's not all about the Declaration <laughs> of Independence but we do a little Canadian stuff um, That's we, right. We can make sure. I, I, I'm happy that you have a deacon. It's just not me, but he's a good-looking guy, so that's okay. Um, he is. He is. He's a big but guy. I don't want to mess with him. Not either. all our kids speak Canadian, so we had to. Uh, <laughs> so that was stupid. <laughs> That's okay. We're going to try to get this in parishes, not just in the states, but also in Canada. Um, Chris, we we got to leave it there. Um, but thank you so much. This is the, you're doing great work in general. But thank you for 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 putting your heart into this one because this one it, I think is going to make a huge difference in a lot of people's lives. I think so too. Thanks again. Appreciate your time. Chris Stefanik is a speaker, author, and a real-life Catholic. He spends most of his time speaking to young people about the faith, and you can learn all about him at his website, reallifecatholic.com. Chris is also the co-author of this confirmation resource called Chosen, which is published by Ascension Press, and you can learn more at confirmationstudy.com. And here now is our featured artist of the week, Chris Bray, with We Receive from his album Let Hope Arise. And on the night he was betrayed, he broke bread And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said This is my body which is broken for you Do this in remembrance of me We receive, we receive the body of Christ broken for all we receive, we receive His precious blood poured out for us, we receive. And at the table Jesus said, this Death till he comes. We receive, we receive the body of Christ broken for all. We receive, we receive his precious blood. The Spirit moves, we believe, we believe. Your holy presence, the Spirit moves.
Chris Bray with We Receive from his album Let Hope Arise. Last we heard from Chris Bray, he had just put out a, a new single, Hope Arise. The album Let Hope Arise went on to win the Gospel Music Association's Covenant Award for Modern Worship Album of the Year in 2011. But since then, he's put out another album, Beloved Child of God, whose title track topped the Christian radio charts in Canada for several weeks. Chris is doing well in the music front, but he also just came back from the Dominican Republic on a trip with Compassion Canada. And to tell us all about that, and of course, about some of his music, I'm now joined by Chris Bray. Chris, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. Oh, thanks. I'm happy to be here. So, why did you go to the Dominican Republic? Well, my wife, Katie, and I, we've been uh, partnering with a great organization called Compassion Canada for Uh a number of years. And... Uh, the work that they do is in child development, and so we've really had this desire to want to go and to see the, exactly what it is, the work that they do in the field, and with their programs specifically in various different countries. And so we've been asked for a number of years, and it just hasn't worked out, but finally this past February we were able to go on a mission trip with uh, with Compassion to the Dominican Republic, and uh, we actually got to meet a little girl that we sponsor as a family there. Okay. And uh, and see the work that they do in lots of different communities, and and uh, it was just incredible. So when you really s- awesome. when you say that they they focus on child development, but you sponsored a child, so it's a child sponsorship program, or is it more than just that? Yeah, it is. Um, most people, when they think of that, a child sponsorship program, they think of well, you know, you're helping the child. Which yes, is great. And you are. You you know, that's what you know, your money, your resources, and your prayer support and all that is going towards. But what we found when we went and we experienced this, and we not only got to meet the children, but also the projects and the, the church communities and the families and everything, and we, we kind of realized that, you know, by helping this one child, it's sort of ending the cycle of poverty. Mm-hmm. And it's not only helping the child, but it's bringing the gospel message into the family as well, and that affects the entire community. And so we, we, what we saw is, because people are, are saying yes and, and helping and, and choosing to sponsor this child, that an entire family and an entire community is being transformed because of it. And that was just really incredible to see. So do they do they have mission trips that people can go, or you just got a chance to go because because you're you're famous, Chris Bray? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, they they do uh, facilitate trips, like if people sponsor someone and they, they have, you know they wanted to go meet their sponsor meet their, child yeah. or, or whatever they they do facilitate those types of things um 
and but the reason that we went specifically is we went with a group of artists from Canada. Okay. Um, and yeah, and so that in itself was really neat. You know, just having a week that, to connect as artists and being able to uh, just share what we felt was really impacting us throughout the week and and yeah it just was a great opportunity that way as well so was it like a like a music experience too that you you had the chance <laughs> to, to play it was and you know it was really humbling too because we they're so gracious there and yeah. they're so loving and so charitable and and uh, we would go and visit some of these churches and they would invite us up and as almost like honored guests because oh well, you know we're all yes. the way from canada and you know we're these you know these music artists and they would invite us up and we would share a song with them and and that would be great and then their worship team would get up and yes. they would just blow, blow you out away of the water with their <laughs> talent and their rhythm and it was yes. incredible they'd put us to shame it yes. was awesome yes. and it was so cool to see um god working in people um you know a lot of times we get spoiled with, with our, our north american mentality of what our expectation of worship is and and uh. we we have we have so much and what Katie and I really realized through this trip is that you know these people they have so little by our standards but they have so much joy and yes. so much love and we, we didn't understand it at first and, and then we kind of realized that well we're the ones that are deprived <laughs> you know and, yes and and we're the ones that we're, we're missing out on on this deep true authentic faith that mm -hmm. we saw in the faces of so many people there yeah now where uh, were all the artists Christian artists? Yep. So yeah, on our it, trip. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Were. But because it, it, it presume is it a Christian organization, Compassion Canada? They're, they're it is. Focusing yeah. On so the, this is one of the reasons why we really uh, felt called to get behind this because it's not it's not just about giving people food and nourishment mm -hmm. and things that are important to survive. That's that's important stuff. But uh, what they do is they. The, the gospel message in Christ is really the center of what this organization is all about. Right. And so it's giving them the opportunity to learn about something that's eternal. Mm -hmm. And and that really for us, when evangelization is part of it, that's that's huge. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's why we can really get passionate about it and get behind it. Good. Sounds sounds mm -hmm. good. So people can find out. I guess they can just go in and type in Compassion Canada and they can find out more about that yep. organization. Um, I want to ask you a little bit. I know Beloved Child of God um I've been. I know I've been listening to the album for several months, probably a year now, um, but we haven't had a chance to talk. So, um, tell us about that album. What's new about that album for you? Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's an. It's another season of writing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I really when I try to, when I write music and songs, I, I want to write songs that will lead people closer to God, and, and not only that, but. I want to write songs that people can use that are functional. Yeah. You know, so so if they're worshiping God yes. or they're driving in their car or if they're, you know, singing in a church or whatever, I want them to be able to actually use these songs to mm -hmm. worship God as a tool. Yeah, and I and think so. Yeah. And, and that's really what the album is about. Now the theme, "Beloved Child of God." Um, I had I had this pastor, Father Graham Keep, uh, for yeah. a lot of years. Yeah, I know and, Graham really well. Yeah, yeah, and he's great. He's amazing, and he he would always preach. Uh, I felt like almost every Sunday about how we are beloved children of God, and yeah. it's something that really stuck with me, you know. And and I think a lot of times 
we can, as Christians, we can complicate our faith and we can add these layers of complexity to it and, and mm. distance ourselves from God. We can, and you know, we have these distractions too, whether it's Facebook or yeah. or TV or academics or whatever sports, and and we can, we do all these things. Everyone is really busy all the time, you know, and and uh, and really, God just so desires for us to know who we are, to kind of take that step back and pause for a moment and just recognize who we are in His eyes and it's his beloved children. And that's, you know, I just thought that would be a, a really cool theme that I wanted people to know, mm-hmm. you know a message to get out. Mm-hmm. I think what you said about you, you wanting your, or, or that your hope is that your music is functional. I, I think you, you do that really well because you're one of the few artists that I find that, that I can listen to the music and I can think, oh, this would be great for, for adoration or this would be great as a communion hymn. Or, you know, like I really mm-hmm. can, can hear the song and think, Ah, I can use this. It's not just me listening to it in the car, and that's that's good use too. Um, but it's also more than just that. So I, I keep doing it because you're you're doing good good work, and I love the message of beloved child of God. I'm I'm glad that it, it was Father Graham <laughs> who put that in your heart because he's a good man. Um, he is, um, yeah. And you know, we we need to remember to tell our kids that to our own children. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so anything new? I, I know you're writing songs all the time probably but any plans for a new album or anything coming down the pipes you know i i'm uh i don't have anything solidified yet i'll be working towards a new album probably within a year or so uh-huh. um it just depends on timing and my wife and i are actually having our fourth baby beautiful uh, yes in june yes. so another girl will have four girls um <laughs> so i had to i actually had to cancel a few events oh. that i had going on and rework some things in my schedule and okay. and so um but it's been it's good it's all good i you know got nice. lots of great stuff coming up and um and uh yeah it's just, it's great you know it's god is uh really uh i felt like he's just really blessed ministry and mm-hmm. I, I feel blessed to be able to do what i do uh and call yeah. it a job mm-hmm. you know quote unquote time, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's true you're and, right you know it, it's when you do something that um when you do something that is just so satisfying and so fulfilling, it doesn't matter if you're exhausted and tired and up until three in the morning or, or whatever, you know, you have that satisfaction and you know, mm. you can, you, there's honor and there's pride that you can take in doing God's will and what he has for you. And I think when you, you finally, you find that groove and you're attentive to that. And that, that's really what I'm striving for. And it might change tomorrow, but um, I, I feel like he just really blesses that. And, and I feel blessed to, to be able to do what I love. So. Amen. And you, you mm-hmm. are blessed, actually. So um, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Um, congratulations on to you and Katie on, on number four. And I guess it's number five because you're sponsoring a little girl in the Dominican Republic. So <laughs> yeah, of, number six. <laughs> yeah, we have, uh, oh, you have Emily two? in the Dominican and we have Mariana <laughs> in Colombia. So yeah, oh, our growing family. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well, uh, stay in touch. Okay, Chris? All right. That sounds great. Thanks yeah, a God lot. God bless. You can find out more about Chris Bray and book him for your parish or event and buy his music at his website, chrisbraymusic.com. Here he is now with You Are More Powerful from his album, Beloved Child of God. What can we bring that you have not seen? Everything we have belongs to you. All that we do, you let us do. Jesus, Jesus, 
listening to Chris Bray with You Are More Powerful from his album Beloved Child of God. And that will bring us to the end of our program this week. Remember that if you missed part of the program, you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. That's also where we post links to our artists or guests. And that's also where you can stay connected to win weekly prizes from our featured authors and artists. Remember to like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash slradio1 and send us your comments on what you've heard on this program. And while you're there, you can also look for me, Deacon Pedro. I'm also on Twitter, at Deacon Pedro GM. Thank you for listening. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.